Hello and welcome to the Windy City Wargaming, brought to you by the Chicago Wargaming community. Now, my name is Mike, your host, and I'm here with my two friends, Josh. Hey. And James. Hi. Now, there are a few different war games that the three of us like to play, but in today's episode, we're going to be focusing on a new game that I've just recently started playing, Josh has recently started playing, it's Conquest, The Last Argument of Kings. Now, I, I didn't mention James because you've been playing for a little while now. How, how long have you been playing, James? Um, about a year now. Well, actually, like actually playing about nine months. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and and so let's go into it a little bit. So, um, what is Conquest? And, and I guess how did you get into Conquest? Uh, so I got into it because they were giving that shit out like candy at Warfare Weekend. Um, so I wound up with two two-player starter boxes and a bunch of like other things. And um, another Chicago player and I uh, split it uh, to figure it out. Um, I remember they had like mountains of mercenary crossbowmen and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But what got me were the uh, the big uh, household knights, because um, I'm a sucker for ponies, um, <laughs> and it really scratched that nostalgic like Warhammer Fantasy Battles itch of rank yes. and file. Um, but it, it's really great. It's a rank and file alternating activation game um, made by a Greek company called Parabellum. Uh, the game itself was uh, made by the person who uh, headed up Warhammer 6 Edition, uh, which um, has a very special place in my heart. Um, and yeah, it, it, it plays nice and clean. It's got, I think, seven factions at this point, um, or soon to be seven factions, I think. Um, awesome. And, uh, and, and yeah. which faction do you play mostly, do you think? Uh, I play Hundred Kingdoms um, solely because that was the half of the starter set that I got. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, every vanguard in the area is like, yeah, I play Hundred Kingdoms or, or, or Spires. And it's like, well, why? Well, it came in the fucking starter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and really quick, do you want to explain what a vanguard is to our, our wonderful listeners? Oh, yeah. So a vanguard is their community organizer group. Um, they're like um, the equivalent of press gangers or um, war corps or something like that. Um, so we're supposed to be the go-to for finding gaming groups in the area, uh, running events, um, kind of being rules aficionados and stuff like that and i know i've kind of gotten into the game because of you and i've recently been pulling josh into the game as well so yes. josh why don't you tell us a little bit about how long you've been playing and what your experience has been so far so i have played a single game yet i own basically two full factions <laughs> <laughs> you said you own more factions than games played that is correct i do not know limits and i found some really good trades <laughs> i got some christmas presents uh that, that that got me some stuff too so i'm in a really good position but basically uh i remember conquest being at like adepticon like before the pandemic and i was looking at the models and they were just the old spire models and the uh 100 kingdoms and they looked a, a little generic i was really confused of why they had round bases 
with uh, square uh, regiment trays, right. and it was just confusing. And I just got off the the fantasy uh, Warhammer fantasy when it imploded, and I was just I was just salty, and I was like, Rrr. so I didn't really look into it, and that it's obviously my loss because the more I look into this game, I, I love everything about it. So yeah, that was my loss. I, I really like uh, like the look <laughs> and and the the game itself. Even though I've only played one game, it was a great game, and I it was fun. So that was the most important part. I, I don't think anybody can say that, like, oh, you fucked up by not starting a, a game in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I was going to say, like, ah, oh, gee, you didn't jump on that, that gaming right in 2019. Yeah, huh. remember when we all jumped on Warcaster in March 2020? Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's still a fun game, though. It's still, it's still got it as a little group. I know Conquest as a group is kind of getting uh, a bit more of a following in the Chicago area. Uh, we, we've got pretty consistent game day. I'm actually pretty excited to say that. Yeah, um, we, that's awesome. we've actually got like a stable pool of like probably right. 10 players. Um, now trying to get them all out at the same time for a tournament is a different trick. But <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I know Conquest has actually been around for, for a couple of years, like you mentioned uh, before the pandemic and all that. Um, but yeah, I didn't actually get into it until just a few months ago when um, uh, I didn't believe James, you had picked up a starter pack, you'd been playing a bunch, and you were trying to get me into this new game. I'm like, nah, man, I, I already have too many games, I have too many models, I got two kids, I can't be, I can't be getting into a whole nother rank. Is that a is that a T Rex? Is that somebody riding on top of a T Rex? <laughs> uh, and and then I was in, I was just fully in to that dinosaur faction. Just so um, it's it's absolutely incredible. The Wadroon are uh, my favorite uh, of all time, and to be able to put two T Rexes on the table that are following my Raptors and my little hunting packs of tiny little micro Raptors is uh, just brings me so much joy to do that. <laughs> and you got a beautiful paint job on them, so. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's so mostly the model. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 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 All right. Now, uh, moving on. <laughs> um, so uh, we kind of talked a little bit about this, but like, I just want to ask, like, so James, you've been playing for you know a few months now, nine months, almost a year. Um, what is your favorite part of the game, and what would be your least favorite part of the game? Would you say? Um, I think my favorite part of the game is. Um the ability to have a plan watch it go to shit and then have to figure out how to work your you know there's a stack to it right you set your your activation order before anything happens for the rest of the round oh my god yeah, um, that's like that's my favorite part too having that stack of cards that you it, you build before the round and like so you you kind of plan out your activations before you even start playing you're like okay beginning of the round these are the order but it's hidden, so you make a plan, and then, yeah, like you were saying, it just goes to shit. Yeah, it, it was like, it, honestly, that was one of my favorite parts about, um, like, X-Wing, um, for example. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that part. Um, but this actually gives you a little bit more recourse when everything kind of, like, um, implodes. And so <laughs> uh, so it's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, it, it's kind of a... Uh, a fresh take on on a very classic, you know, tabletop archetype, right? Right. Um, and 
I think my least favorite part right now is um, it's a young game. Uh, so the rule set is not as tight as I would like it to be. Um, if you want to hear my thoughts about tight rule sets, uh, see the previous episode. Um, yep. You know, yeah, it, I, I don't think a game has gone by that. I'm sorry, I don't think a game has gone by where like I played the game and I had to like wait. Hold on, let me look up this. Like the the rules itself, like the base rules are very simple. But every now and then you get in this weird interaction where you have to go to the rule book and it's not always the best to find. Yeah, it's not organized well. It's not keyworded well. Um, A lot of that is going to get fixed in February with V2. Um, Oh, yeah, the new new version, right? Yeah, whole new edition coming out in uh, about two months. So if you're listening, there's not going to be a better time to jump in than in two months. Yeah, I'm excited uh, you to, could... to be here at this time, honestly. So I'll be on a more equal <laughs> footing with everybody. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Jump in now. So that way you can get all ready for all the rules to change. In, in <laughs> well, the yeah, models no, might jump... get painted. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> jump jump in now. Uh, pick your faction. And then, uh, and then you're locked in. And no one else can touch city-states. <laughs> yeah actually yeah that's that's a uh, um let me ask josh really quick so josh um as a new person who's played very limited like from very first impressions what would you say your favorite parts of the game are and uh least favorite parts of the game uh there's a couple things uh first off i like the look and the size of the models they're larger than normal wargaming models i think they're what like 38 millimeter something like that they're like they're they're bigger so they feel mm. f- like fun to play with fun to paint um it, it's just it's cool um i like the alternate activations with a rank and flank game there's no game that's a rank and flank that really does that like kings of war and the old fantasy and all that didn't have alternate activations and i feel like that's like a a big boy like modern mechanic that's cool to be in a rank and flank game so those are my my favorite parts uh right now and i might have much more after i play a few games <laughs> so you're saying that like you're taking the kind of um traditional old school style of rank and flank but then adding the newer mechanics of like alternating activations that kind of thing right and i think that's super cool um my least favorite parts of the game um will sound stupid but uh i feel like i wish things were cheaper points wise in the game because i'm like making all these lists because that's all i can do right now until we get like situated (laughs) from the holidays and so i can start playing more regular games but like coming up with these lists and i'm like oh my gosh i just feel like there's a lot of decisions to be made even like in a 2k list um you're you're really having to make decisions and uh it's it's fun but it's also like man if these guys were just a little cheaper i could have more and i'm used to having more things on the board for a rank and flank game and uh it's going to be interesting when we play some 2k games and i know that's what this game is really um made to be played with yeah Yeah, at, at 2k the board gets pretty flooded pretty quick um and uh yeah i i feel you on those those difficult decisions but i think that's kind of part of the charm too yeah no is I, it like I, that's why i said it there's was not stupid. 
<laughs> it's not necessarily stupid. It's super frustrating when you go to make a list. You're like, oh, fuck, I'm short by like 10 points. Yep, um, yeah. Yep. Been there many times. Do yeah. these yeah. guys really need a standard bearer? <laughs> well, there, there are so many upgrades. Like, I think that would be probably one of my complaints about list building is that, uh, and I love the list building. Like, I, I would say that the way they set up the list building is actually incredibly satisfying to be able to take, like, all right, I want these models, and each model has, like, core upgrades, and, like, you can add on different things to each and the little frills and stuff like that, and it's really satisfying to build a list. But I feel like there are a lot of upgrades that are, like, mandatory you know like if you're gonna take this regiment you better take this 35 point upgrade and, and at that point i'm like well you know like why, why shouldn't that be kind of baked into the like actual rule set of the regiment yeah no that makes know. sense and you no know, just uh, having this conversation i changed my mind on the the best part of this game the best part of this game is the fact that it has a functioning army builder through the company yes it's good yes. I, well, they I mean, just like, they just released a new one, yeah, and it's it's real good. Yeah, it functions as of you know six days ago, <laughs> <laughs> but it works. That's what matters. Yeah. Certain other yeah, war game great. companies can't figure that out after decades of you know. <laughs> so, I I really like the new army builder. Um, the upgrades that they dropped a couple days ago um, kind of buttoned it all up, and now it is one of the smoothest experiences whether you're going from uh like a desktop browser or mobile browser um it just it just works yeah and and it feels good i don't maybe this is me just being old but i would like to have an app i don't know like the the browser functionality is neat and everything but like i would like to have a a dedicated app just for list building i think that you're in luck then because they've announced that the app is in progress oh they have yeah they've yeah it's gonna be here for version two Oh, yep. well, well, there we go. Excellent. Yeah, it gets released <laughs> alongside every, uh, City States, yeah. Well, there you go. Congratulations. More you know. Wish Thank granted. you, everybody. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Um, the, the one thing I will, speaking of new stuff, uh, I want to talk a little bit about their new scenarios that just dropped. Well, hold on. Hold on um, when one I say second. just dropped, I mean... I, I want, what are uh, your favorite parts of the game and least favorite parts? Oh, my... Oh, about well, us. um... I think kind of we Don't all give a shit on about it. Mike's opinion. <laughs> well, you know, that's, <laughs> I'm used to that. It's all right. <laughs> um, I think you guys already hit all the favorite parts, right? I, I think the list building's great. I love the stack. Uh, my faction, the Wadroon, has this mechanic where um, every time you activate a regiment, they add a unique chant to the sequence and then like if you activate three regiments the chance buff the next regiment it's like a lot of like thought that needs to go into it but exactly as james said it's like i build up this big plan and then i want to stack all my chance and then it all just falls apart and i have to then (laughs) panic and like all right how do i fix this and that's kind of what most of the gameplay is all right my plan didn't work how can i make the most out of it and that's so fun to do i love doing that um i think my most favorite part about the game though is that, like I said, every faction has a unique flavor to it, has a unique mechanic, like uh, Old Dominion's, you know, growing power, the uh, the Wadroon chant system, um, Hundred Kingdoms. Uh, well, they're just they're just horses, right? That's that's all they got, right? Their special <laughs> power is horse. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, no, but Better like I, I love that they make it work and like it just fits thematically, and it's weird to see like a dinosaur fighting an undead Roman soldier, 
but like <laughs> like the aesthetic kind of fits i don't know it's weird to say that but it, or, it does or like a giant ice yotnar right uh you know like just menacingly pointing at somebody and then a dinosaur rolls up from nowhere and... <laughs> exactly right <laughs> while knights are coming onto the field <laughs> on their horses in the back and some but... drake with two giant cannons on its side yeah it's it's bedlam it's eclectic, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but but it, it does fit. I, I think, it, and that that'd be it. Uh, again, I think my least favorite thing about it would be, um, like I said, the rules. But I guess those are being fixed. Um, but like, I hate that I have to like go through errata or find, you know, some ruling on a Discord server somewhere. But like, I'm hoping that with V2, that all gets kind of uh, tightened up. So fingers crossed for that. Awesome. Um, but yeah, no, uh, with with version two and all these updates coming out, I know um, they've been talking about new scenarios that have just dropped. Uh, and I say just dropped, I mean, they dropped a, a few weeks ago, about a month ago now. Um, and I want to get your thoughts on that because they changed some pretty significant uh, ideals there. Namely, um, they now have objective markers that are basically like models that you have to kill. Um, what, what are you guys? Oh, well, I guess let me ask James first. James, what are your thoughts on the new uh, the new scenarios? Um, I think they're a step in the right direction. I think the <laughs> implementation is clunky. Um, what do you mean by clunky? I think the like objectives uh, hold the units up too long. I mean, I, I basically treat them as obstructions and use them to guard my flanks. <laughs> like, right. That's that's kind of it. Um, you know, you, you can go after them pretty quick. Um, hundred K typically has a harder time than other factions because we don't have access to things like a Jotnar or T-Rex to like one round it. Um, but like, um, it's, but those elements make the game way more dynamic than what it was. And, um, and with the new scenarios too, there, you know, there's the the uh, dynamism and like in the scenario, they made the scenario present kind of across the board. Um, uh, another nitpicky thing I would say is there are too many caveats between each scenario, where it becomes very right. easy to fuck up the scoring conditions. Yeah. Um. I I think if they can. Uh limit the clunkiness of objectives and clean up or distill down some of those scenarios. There also doesn't need to be like 11 scenarios or 12 scenarios or whatever there is. There needs to be like six to eight, like max. And so if you can distill down that wording and stuff like that, I think now you've got a good clean scenario pack, um, uh, that, that can be viewed as, um, kind of up there with with the best in terms of not just like not just like you know game store playing but actual clean competitive play okay yeah i kind of i see what you mean here i'm looking through it right now it says like in the first scenario you get four victory points for killing an objective marker and then in the third scenario you only get two victory points for killing an objective marker and i feel like that's kind of uh needs to be more like uniform across the board and that kind of thing yeah, like the the multipliers of the zones that you're capturing, the right. um sometimes this is friendly, sometimes this isn't a friendly objective and 
each alternating objective is friendly or unfriendly to you, depending on where you key off of. And you'll always get that wrong. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I also like, you know, the friendly, uh, unfriendly one where like, you, you get after turn five, now you can attack friendly objectives, like that kind of thing. It just feels like there's a lot of bookkeeping with these newer scenarios. It's way, way too much. Yeah. Uh, bookkeeping is a great way of putting it. <laughs> you know, um, now, it's funny that you mentioned that you use the objectives to guard your flanks. Because in the one game I played, I was like, oh, these are great at guarding my flanks. And then that's what I did. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Well, I quickly learned that in one of the scenarios, my four wide regiment of Raptor Riders cannot fit between the two scenarios or it's two objectives so i had to like re uh form them into three wide and then come back out at four wide when i when i got out of that bottleneck wait yeah. which scenario is too narrow for that uh i think well i think we were using one of the older pdfs where we definitely were yeah which had the, the um, right before this yeah and so we it was like that they were too like yeah <laughs> okay and then I think because they had, remember they had like the one picture of um, scenario one versus scenario two and they were flipped, but they, they've updated and fixed it and all that. But, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. Breakout is the one that we messed up where um, we printed a grayscale. So we didn't have the visual cue of friendly, unfriendly, oh, no. friendly. Un- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. Yeah. So um, that went terribly. I and think that's the only one in which the objective markers are too narrow for four stands. Well, the if you're playing scenario two, I'm looking at this, I think they're 12 inches apart, which... Yeah, you can two, do four stands then. For 12, right? and a half, times well, four. four times 2.6. Yeah, 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 no, that should... Yeah, that should but you have to be that's over an inch away unless you're in combat with it. So take that two inches off of that, one on each side. But anyway, the one thing I do want to say really quick about the scenario is that objective health is scored independently for each player because that's up at the top of the packet. And I was in a tournament and I and I we didn't know that rule, and so like I had an objective sniped out from me, and uh, oh. I don't know if anybody listening to this would actually that's relevant to them, but it was very relevant to me. So I just want to share that right now, and <laughs> we we learned that the hard way. So I'm hoping you don't have to learn it the hard way either yeah i'm sure there's going to be updates to it i think as it stands right now there's no way to actually start the game uh in the tournament packet too yeah there's <laughs> there's nothing about like rolling for sides or who goes first or anything like that which isn't in the core rule book um oh, right, right that's right. in the actual scenario packet for, or the original scenario packet right yeah um or the scenarios in the rule book uh but it's not yeah. In the actual like game sequence in the rule book. Mm-hmm. Um so uh and and a lot of this didn't make sense. It felt like haphazard and, and kind of like for lack of a better word, half cocked. Right? <laughs> like um and then they're like, Oh yeah, BT dubs, we wrote a whole new edition. It's like, oh there it is. So they're trying to like fit some stuff in to get us through to V two, but my guess is my hope is, um, and I, I don't think it's misplaced, is, is that a lot of this gets cleaned up um, and, and it's a lot more set for V2. 
it sounds like it. it sounds like a lot of these changes are making is has that new version in mind mm-hmm. um speaking of new and upcoming things uh i want to talk a little bit about the uh new factions that have been announced or rather uh the city states and then project eight uh so first off james do you want to tell us a little bit about what what's going on with city states uh city states is like your like kind of greek um faction uh so like a a ton of hoplites um and minotaurs and um you know these giant uh cyclops um that use punch magic uh where they they punch things and their magic gets stronger um lore wise they're they're pretty cool they were the people who kind of snuck out all the knowledge out of the old dominion before the haslia got like all like crazy and shit um and uh and so there's like a lot of um a lot of magic there there's like some clockwork machinations they focused a lot on like technology um and uh and they built like they made these little gods for all their all their individual towns and stuff like that um so they could focus more on on just kind of getting the advantages of gods without having to worry about it going nuts and destroying their society um which (laughs) let them focus and and then with all the stuff that they sold like from the libraries of like the old dominion and stuff like that they could keep the knowledge going so you've got hoplite nerds with giants and Hoplite there's cows nerds. there too. Yeah. yeah, they learned how to they learned how to game the god system. They didn't let them get yeah. too big, so they made them work for them. Pretty sweet. Yeah, it's all about hitting that peak efficiency, you know. And <laughs> and so you get these you know ripped ass dudes with like clockwork arms and shit like that. And then you know in front of them is the battle cattle. It's all good. It's awesome. I that am sounds- so stoked for this faction. So this cool. is your 300 army for sure. Now, are they going <laughs> to be, uh, are they going to have a, a monster regiment, do you think? A monster regiment? You're, yeah. you're talking about like a, a dedicated monster regiment? Well, yeah, like a, like a big, the big base, big boy. Oh, well, they, they already have two. They have the two giant wizard guys. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they, they like it's a... It's like a Cyclops and um, another dude. Um, but yeah, those those should be available, I think, a month after release. Or maybe they're part of release. Oh, that's awesome. Um, that's yeah. So, cool. so, so, yeah. They, um, so, yeah, I think they're going to have them. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Yeah, no, that's fair. Okay. One of the other <laughs> things they were talking about is actually having, like, Minotaur upgrades for regular units. Yeah, the the yeah. battle cattle goes in front of the dudes and yeah. uh, it kind of leads the charge. So you would have a, a then a brute stand with an infantry stand in the same regiment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah the beef in front. Huh. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, speaking of beef in front, uh, there's so Project Eight has also been announced and voting is live, where the community gets to pick on which of the uh, three given factions are going to be the next one that they're going to release. Um, oh, and so and, I, yes. And kind of along that, 
so that's one of the cool mechanics of Conquest as well, is that as you play in events and stuff like that, you register them online and you accumulate a currency called Agum, which is like the, the Dwegum like honor system or whatever. It's like a currency that they use in their society. Awesome. Um, but you can redeem that for votes on the storyline. And so it incentivizes players to follow along with the story. The players can shape the story and the story can shape um, oh. what what happens, not just in the the like actual lore, but in what campaign systems wait, wait, wait. they release and what could come up as potential factions later on. Yeah. So wait, so if I if I participate in some tournaments, I have some Agam. Can I spend that to get more votes? The the Agam like caps out every time they go into a vote point. They're oh, like, this I is see. how much Agam you have. That equates to X amount of votes. That's why I got three votes. I was okay. I got it. Well that's cool. Yeah. Um it's, it's so the super the three cool. factions are Hell, Sorcerer Kingdoms, and Dogs of War. Now now Josh, you, you said you read up a little bit on the on the lore here. I I didn't do any reading. I, I am I am not a good lore person uh, i just like to look at the models but could, could you tell me maybe like what what faction are you gunning for here well i voted for the i had two votes and i just split them so i voted for hell and sorcerer kingdoms um dogs of war is like straight out of warhammer fantasy where they had all these mixed regiments for the mercenary army and it sounds like it's very similar so I kind of glossed over that because I was like, I've oh, been there, done that. But now Hell and Sorcerer Kingdoms are super cool. So the Sorcerer Kingdoms, I feel like that is going to be the one that's coming next. They've talked about it the most. It looks like they have the most assets for it. So I'm thinking that that's going to be next, but I'll talk about it a little bit. Basically, uh, when the old Domin- Dominion fell, right, you had the 100 Kingdoms, like, running for shelter you had the city states had already been plundering everything and moving all the uh basically all the knowledge away and they're starting their own things and then the sorcerer kings instead of like going inland and finding a new way they just decided to raise uh volcanoes and archipelagos from the ocean and ran out to the ocean so they just like created like a bridge out of volcanoes yeah, and they created their own <laughs> land out of nothing, basically. And, All right, and they, that's they, legit. They're like, this is our stuff. And they are, uh, they basically are super magic users that have uh, hooked on to the elements to to gain further mastery over uh, the uh, over magic. And there's like a couple of like real sorcerer kings that are like super hardcore that we won't see in the game because they are so powerful they couldn't be on the board. They're the um, ones, like, raising the volcanoes out of the ocean. Yeah, they're the hardcore gotcha. guys, but they they have a bunch of different... Um, they've got, like, horse horse riders, like Mongols, uh, like, Inspire. They've got Ifrits and Jinns out of, like, Arabian lore, and they've, they're taking a lot out of the Middle East and Asia for inspiration for this army, uh, which is super cool. Um, and they've released some pictures of, uh, of those types of things. And then for Hell... Hell is uh like evil Nords with mutated dragon spawn mm-hmm. and uh, super cool. Basically, the spires because everything leads back mutated to dragon spawn. You say? <laughs> yeah, basically, there's a big, big real dragon underneath one of the spire, like old cities. I think it's the one where the the Nords were like ex- 
experiment. Oh, wait, on. Under it's, the, it's, in the roots of the tree, right? Right, it's, right. It's, I think, it's I, think I did read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah the big yeah, tree. It, yeah, and it was made by the weavers and the spires together. Yeah, the Nidhog or something, right? Was that what it's called? It, yeah, N- Nidog is the the dragon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and there was some sort of lore about. Uh, basically, there was a split with the leadership where one of them uh, found a way to see the future, um, and they were worried that if they saw the future and they basically knew what you know what path would lead, there it wouldn't be able to be changed. Like it would just be this is what's going to happen. Uh, and so one faction wanted to go ahead and keep doing that and, f- and seeing the future. One did not cause it a big schism and then all sorts of hell broke loose. But in yeah. this army... All sorts of hell broke loose? Yeah, yeah. He exactly. said the thing! He said the thing! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, so, so you got sorry, mutated sorry, dragon spawn. You're going to have uh, evil Vikings and all kinds of... Uh, experiments and stuff like that coming out of the ground so i've even heard rumors that they're going to have ways for you to like convert nord uh units to be more like for the oh. easy to sake a chaos type of uh of huh. unit for for them um but we obviously don't know a, a whole lot about them but that's that's that army and then the dogs of war uh mercenaries uh, i don't know too much maybe <laughs> maybe you guys know more about it but i mean it sounded really self-explanatory to somebody who's played warhammer fantasy so well i i really liked the dogs of warlord lord and uh lore <laughs> the dogs of warlord um <laughs> that was hard to say we'll edit it in post, um, don't worry yeah, yeah yeah i don't want people to <laughs> hear me having a stroke um <laughs> So um, it, it's actually pretty cool because um, the the mercenaries um, it, it's it's not quite what I've seen in other in other things because it's more um, this kingdom that wound up kind of between it, it yeah it, it's a kingdom that was between like the city states and Rus or um, not the city states hundred kingdom and Rus. Um, and uh, they made a lot of money off of like trade routes and stuff, but they've always been like kept um, kind of like f- uh, fractured. Um, and so um, uh, it, it sounds a lot like, you know, the Balkans or like Poland and like Lithuania and all that, like all those kind of, you know, histories there hmm. along various trade routes or like religious routes. Um, right, right. And so uh, the. Um, so you, you kind of got this like benevolent type person um, who like he, he went abroad. He was like the son of like one of the, you know, nobles in that area. Right. And one of the major factions or whatever. Um, and he like in his travels met, you know, all these different people and uh, had a very like open mind. He comes back and, you know, his his dad died and the other nobles killed the, the other son who's going to take over they were going to kill him and so he like basically um takes all of his dad's money and buyers and and, like gets a bunch of mercenaries um to like hit them before you know they hit him and then they start rallying together and it becomes a big war where like he's basically like tapping out all of his treasury Hmm. um to hire these mercenaries from everywhere like he's like hiring with bands and like 
um, you know, crossbowmen, you know, from, from, I think they call it like Genosa or something like that. It's Genoese. Uh, but like, um, <laughs> uh, but, it, and at the same time, he's declaring the kingdom, um, open to everyone. So you get, um, all these, um, people who kind of fall outside the bounds of their normal, like racial structure or whatever. So you get Dwegum who don't necessarily like, um, follow the rigid structure of their societies. You get, you know, Minotaurs and, and, um, like maybe heretical Wadroon. Um, and so he's trying to create, um, a less fractured and more open society in the middle of this giant fucking trade route where, um, you know, the hundred kingdoms and this and, uh, Rus aren't necessarily a big fan of it. And city states right now are wondering, do we go and fight them or do we send them aid and just get ahead of history here and become good <laughs> allies? So it's actually like, that's I awesome. Know, it's kind of cool. It, like it gave me really pause for thought. Lore, you know, I, I really love that. Yeah. It's a very lore first game, which For is sure. so cool. That's yeah, awesome. Which again is very eclectic lore. That you got like T Rexes and all that, but like it's all it all fits in in the story. There's a whole story there. It's really cool. Now, now yeah. Josh, you said you split your vote one for yeah. uh, sorcerer, one for hell. I voted two for Sorcerer, one for Hell, simply because I was basing my vote on which faction is most likely to gain access to a Sharknado. Um, but now when you talk about like Blighted and you know Mutated Dragons, I'm kind of regretting that a little bit. Um, James, have you voted yet? I have not. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a millennial. We... Uh... <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Don't show up in the primaries, but we'll we'll hit the general. Um, no, it's um, uh, I I am still torn. Um, I feel a great sense of responsibility with these votes. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, it's kind of a runaway between Hell and um, Sorcerer Kings, and um, this is the first round of voting, right? So the first round is going to be the three factions. The second round is going to be the second, the the last two factions, and I think that there's like a third round again between the two. Oh, really? Um, uh, I can't remember. Cool. Um, anyway, um, so this one, I, I think the mercenaries are are off the board at this point already. Um, but I might throw them their vote just because. <laughs> I am a sucker for anything that has kind of like a Balkan analog or like a like a freedom fighter type um, or, or, you know, right. the, the small power trying to exist between two empires. Yeah. Oh, God, I love Lail. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, that's such a cool like I, I really I'm going to go back and read more up on the lore there because clearly I'm missing out. Um, it's but I think online. I think that's probably where we're gonna end it here today. Um, just as a quick heads up here, uh, like I said, we kind of cycle between the different games that we play. Uh, last episode was all about War Machine. This episode is all about Conquest. And next episode, we're gonna be talking about the game Judgment. Uh, so make sure you check out episode three for more information on Judgment. Then we might cycle back to War Machine. We'll see how that goes. Um, other than that. Um, Josh, you have a YouTube channel. Would you like to plug that? 
yeah cool guys nation we're on all the social medias and we've got a youtube channel that has bat reps magic all kinds of cool stuff you can see people from this podcast on it Whoa. as well not just me so yeah check it out <laughs> and james you have a uh a dead youtube channel is that correct uh very dead Excellent. very very dead <laughs> called desperate pace yeah um now the pace is very much less desperate that's right check that out um all right then uh i think that's where we're gonna end it thank you guys so much for tuning in thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one see ya bye (laughs) intro and outro music is kevin mcleod's cold fuck